They are days we would rather forget when basically our economy was shut down and COVID was raging throughout Southeast Michigan and beyond. The world was infected and we were trying to short circuit the spread. But as a result, a lot of business suffered, in some cases, irreparable harm because of those shutdowns. Now, some of them are going to the Michigan Supreme Court asking for compensation for shutdown rules that they felt crossed the line. Phil Ellison is representing them uh, outside legal counsel for this group, and uh, he was uh, engaged in oral arguments before the high state court yesterday and joins us live. Phil, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So I, I guess uh, give, just give us a, a, a taste in the Reader's Digest version about what you told the justices yesterday. Well, I told them that uh, the gems that I represent throughout the state of Michigan were singled out single-handedly for uh, the shutdown orders that the government imposed during COVID-19. You know, many businesses, as you talked about, had to dial back, you know, had to, had to change the way they did business because of COVID-19. And some of them are even still changed today, but the gyms were completely and utterly shut down and no one was allowed in the front door by order of the government. And so uh, our Fifth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution says the government can take your property for an emergency, but if they do, they got to pay just compensation for using your property during that emergency. And that's when we asked the Michigan Supreme Court to rule in our favor. We should point out, too, I have a friend that has a, a gymnastics studio, and I had him on the air as a guest during that time. We talked to some gym owners, and they said, look, inside our space, it's a huge open space. We can socially distance to the max. We could still have been open partially. We could have done this safely. And in the case of the gymnastics school, you're dealing with young people who didn't suffer the effects of COVID to the effect that older people did. There was kind of a nonsensical point to it. Well, and that was why I think the Jim's case is particularly egregious example because, you know, yeah, we didn't know all, we didn't know all the details, but we certainly knew enough back then that we did not need to shut down the gyms for as hard and as long as it, as it that actually occurred. And hey, you know what? Sometimes government needs to take things for emergency. Sometimes they for good or bad reasons. But if they're going to take property, just compensation under the 5th Amendment requires that folks get compensated when it benefits society as a whole. And if folks don't like the way the government shuts down things and ultimately needs to pay for them, they need to make that decision in the ballot box. Uh, Phil, I don't, I don't know if there's any type of uh, deadline for the Supreme Court to rule, but I mean, what factors or considerations might influence the justices' decision, and how long is it, is it expected to take to to uh, have a resolution for this? Well, so the justices can decide today, tomorrow, next week, or in, you, in a few months. Normally, by always, although they always decide things by the end of their session, which is July. But we expect a ruling in the coming couple of weeks as to what they're going to do. Um, this was what we call a MOA case, which is a mini oral argument on application, which allows the justices to kind of feel out to see if they should take these cases. And I think from the questions yesterday, they're going to take some sort of action on this case to remand it back to the, to the trial court. Um, you know, the biggest concern I think that underlies most of this is, you know, they're setting the rule not just for the gyms, but for all businesses when future emergencies come into play. And so they want to make sure to get the get the rule right going forward. Uh, Phil, Justice Elizabeth Welch questioned how the court could allow seeking these reimbursements when she hearkened back to the prohibition era cases. What do you say to that that weren't taken up? Yeah, that. Yeah, and see, that was the that was an interesting question that went to my uh, uh, brother counsel in the other case. And, you know, 
those cases, if I had the chance to answer that question, it would have been that at that time, the government didn't seize or shut down the breweries. What they did is they prohibited alcohol. And so it'd be no different. And if, if the government here in COVID-19 said everybody has to stay home, the gyms can't say, or, or any business for that matter, can't say, well, no one's coming to my business now. I'm not making any money. Therefore, it's a taking. In this, those are two distinct ways that the government could have reacted. And the prohibition era cases say, hey, when we shut, when we make something that was a lawful activity illegal, just the mere fact that you were operating that kind of business doesn't mean you get to continue to operate that business in that fashion. And those are, there's a fine point distinction there between those two. And uh, I think that's one of the things that didn't come out really clearly with the answer on that. But I, but I suspect uh, the, the, the questions that we did get the chance to answer, I think is going to establish that gives all of us the chance, meaning the, the lawyers on the cases, the chance to parcels out uh, back before the trial court. Phil, what do you say to those that say this could have a chilling effect on executives who, in an emergency, uh, who want to err on the side of caution because we don't know what we don't know, that this could chill our ability to address future emergencies that maybe maybe the next virus that, God forbid, worse than COVID could affect our children, things like that. Will this basically handcuff leaders in the future? That's the beauty part of this particular style of case that we specifically formulated. This does not handcuff the government from acting in any way. What it says is that whatever action the government decides to do, if a small number of people are disproportionately affected, being gyms, be it, you know, and this is, and again, we're talking COVID-19, but this could be any, any number of circumstances that when you press private property or businesses or people's individual property for the for the benefit of society as a whole society should have to uh, pay back those we uh we property we take Uh, in terms of reimbursements how would that work say they rule in your favor well that's that's the uh sixty four thousand dollar question these oh i think it's more than that at least give you a forum to, and and I think it is a healthy debate about how we address future emergencies and then compensating businesses for the unintended consequences of them. Phil Ellison, thanks for spending your morning with us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And we appreciate it as well. When we come back, we'll get you caught up on all the day's headlines. The roads are sloppy. We'll check and see if there are any accidents out there you need to be aware of. And this this bomb cyclone that's heading our way, how much snow might we get? It is all ahead as we get you ready for Thursday on JR Morning.